I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pet Sitter Confessional. Social media can be really hard to understand how to use it, what content to post, and how to get that content. Today, we're so thankful to have Dan and Morrow from Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting on. They discuss how they use social media to get more clients and to help educate them about the services that they provide. They also discuss some of the ins and outs of interacting and what platforms we should all be using or looking into. Let's get started. Hi, everyone out there. I am Dan from Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting. And this guy over here that you can't see because we're doing audio. I'm Mauro from Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting. I'm the media director and I handle all the social media, video, and content creation. And that's my job description here. He makes us look very, very professional. (laughs) This episode, we wanted to focus on social media and the role that it plays as a pet sitter, how it can be useful in marketing, but some pitfalls to avoid and those kind of things. So I'm curious about your guys' journey with social media and how it's developed over time. When did you decide to really start investing in it? So I don't think I realized I was like investing it off the bat. I just kind of saw Facebook and Twitter as just a new avenue to promote the business. And I will be honest, and I do want to say this for people out there who are just getting started. I had no idea what I was doing. I, you know, I made, I think I even had a Facebook page, but it wasn't, they didn't have pages yet. So I made an account with the name Dan's Dog Walking and the last name was N Pet Sitting. Um, There was no page. So we just friended all of our clients. But again, it was a lot of trial and error in the beginning. And over time, you know, trying different things, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't. You know, I look back on some of the content I put out when I first started and it's, you know, it's nice and nostalgic, but it's kind of cringy. Um, and then fast forward five years, I met this guy across from me. And he actually literally his first day at work, um, I found out that he edits videos. And I was like, all right, let's go to Best Buy. And we went and bought a bunch of GoPro stuff. And he's been creating content with the company ever since. And as we've done a lot of really cool videos together. Um, but yeah, I think I recognized pretty early on when you could start, when I started getting people actually reaching out through Facebook, which I didn't expect. And this is probably back in like 2010, 2011, before like a ton of action was happening on there, but it, it really has snowballed. And that's actually, we don't even advertise anymore. Most, a lot of our business comes through oh my God, you know, I love your content on Facebook or I love your videos on YouTube or we love your dog walkers try videos. And it's just really snowballed over time. And it's just been just content creation, content creation, just trying different things. So the way we started, like you said, uh, on my first day, we drove to Best Buy and just bought some GoPros and some equipment. And we just had the idea. I mean, we're a dog walking company. They're dogs at our disposal and what better content to post online than videos of dogs so what we started doing is we just took the gopro with us on the walk which is really non-invasive it's just a tiny little camera on a pole that you can just hold comfortably while you're walking a dog 
And we just got all these different angles um, of us walking dogs. And I just chopped them up in like, what was it, 30 seconds, 45 second increments? It was a 30, 30 second clip. Exactly. So it's it, it, that, that really went over well with current clients and potential future clients because the current clients saw their dogs posted online. They're like, oh my God, look at Bo just walking around in the video. That's so cool. And they would share that video with their friends, give us more exposure that way. And new clients will see this and say, hey, I want a cool video of my dog. I'm going to sign up with them. One, because I need a dog walker and two, because they make cute videos and they're going to make a cute video of my puppy. So <laughs> it's, it, it's sort of a win-win for everyone. And it really doesn't cost us anything because we are recording the video while we're walking the dog. So it's not really like we're going out of our way to record the content. And that's just basically the simple formula that we started with five years ago. I think we even had it where we did a staff meeting where Morrow actually stood up in front of the group and showed them the five different angles they had to get with the dogs. So we started passing the GoPro around. And what did we do? We created a a page on the blog and we would send that page to the client. The client would then post that online. And it was kind of free exposure by giving the client something for free, which was a nicely curated video of their pet. And a lot of people, we've actually had it where you know, this is on the sadder side, but we do deal with this in this industry. You know, dogs or cats are going to pass away over the years. And we've actually gotten a lot of really nice messages from clients. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that I had this video to look back on of my dog. Um, you know, obviously now everyone has tons and tons of pictures of their pets. But, you know, it's nice to give little bits and pieces of content that's really created specifically for each pet owner. I think a lot of people really appreciated that in the beginning. And it really snowballed from there. <laughs> sure. sure. So, so Moro, what is your background in media and, and production and that kind of stuff? Because it sounds like you, were, you had a lot at your disposal, a lot of knowledge already coming into this. Yeah, I would say knowledge. Um, well, uh, I, I've always been the, the kind of person to just be interested in just making videos for the sake of making videos. Like in high school, I took a TV production class and you know, I just fell in love with the production aspect of making videos. And then uh, in college, I took a media studies, I was a media studies major, and I had a focus on film production. And there were all these classes about film production, and it it was great. But I didn't like the learning aspect of college. (laughs) So I I just started making videos on my own. And this was around the time that, I don't know if you know the platform Vine came out. I started making videos on Vine, and like it really took off. And like, I thought, hey, I could probably make videos for social media and people will enjoy them. And two years later, I find out that, hey, maybe this can work for a dog walking company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I- I'm self-taught on editing, on cameras and all that. It's really just sitting down and figuring things out for yourself because then you can actually remember how to do things your own way. And that's how I was able to find a lot of my style of making videos. Like I before Dan you know, spontaneously drove to Best Buy to buy GoPros. I had never held a GoPro in my life. I barely knew what a GoPro was. And, you know, we figured we figured out how to work it and we were able to get content out of that. And what's great about that and, and what I hope people are hearing is that you don't have to be an expert on day one. Like this, exactly. this is a learning and growing process and it just kind of messing with stuff and experimenting and see where that goes over time. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I'm a big believer in learning by doing. And I think that 
I've noticed a lot in this industry, people are kind of nervous about, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? At the end of the day, um, you just got to put content out there. Uh, you're going to try different things. You're going to see some things that work and some things that work for a period of time. Like we pretty sure we, we beat that uh, GoPro video thing to death. We made, I think about 130 or 140 of them. And then we moved on to different, uh, different other content styles. But it is really important that, you know, even if you're not a creative person, look at content that you like, see things that you can try to emulate and just try. Because I mean, it's funny the the first day we got the GoPro, um, Moro actually almost broke it. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, I barely know this guy. I just spent like, and I, we, like the company did not have nearly enough money for me to go out and buy all this equipment. But I was like, you know what? He seems to know what he's doing. Let's give him a shot. And almost immediately was playing with it and like broke it. And I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy he stayed. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is really important for people to know that like you gotta, you gotta be able to just go out there and try things. People that seem intimidated by you know, people in the industry that see other content that seems very well produced, you shouldn't be intimidated because if you compare the content that we're putting out now to the content that we created five years ago, let alone before I was involved seven years ago, eight years ago, there is definitely a quality curve that it's very easy to get over. And it's just a matter of putting content out there and just making sure that you're doing it for in the best interest of the business. It's going to get there. Yeah, if if people do want to see the progression, I would go to our Facebook page and just go to the images and just go backwards to the beginning and you will feel much better about whatever you're putting out because it's going to be a hundred times better looking than what I was first doing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was screenshotting stuff that I was making in, um, what was that, PowerPoint? PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> Well, just remembering that there is a is a progression, and and I think you know, I love the example of Marquis Brownlee, you know, MKBHD. You go back and look at his his first video on YouTube, you know, and then where he is now in his level of production. It's you're going to grow. There's going to be investment over time, and and as your skills increase, like all that is natural. And and so we'll definitely be linking to some of those those early uh, early content productions by for you guys. So oh no, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know those are out there. Oh yeah, there's uh there's some gems. The uh I think the the first company video which we are now finally getting ready to replace is uh is pretty cringy. Um <laughs> so it, it, if you're not comfortable being on camera just for everybody out there who's not, I used to be so uncomfortable with someone putting a camera in my face and you could very much so see it in the video and it's taken a lot of time, but you just got to put yourself out there and you got to continue to create, get in front of the camera and do the things over and over and over again. So you mentioned that you were doing these short video clips and you've kind of moved away from that. What kind of stuff are you guys doing these days as a company? We're doing uh, <laughs> a whole slew of different stuff. We, uh, we recently started a, a little series called Dog Walkers Try. And wh what was the first one we did? It was, um, was it the dog beer or dog the treats. Dog, dog treats? We started with a video where Moro and I sat in front of a uh, camera and we tried a whole slew of different dog treats and the feedback was great. So we then moved over to the dog beer. We just did dog ice cream. I think we've got cat wine coming up soon. Um, so that one's, that's actually been a lot of fun to make because it's not, 
specific to our industry. It's something that I think from a content standpoint actually has much further reach because it's just funny. It's two goofy guys eating animal food, um, which also let me mention that throughout these videos, I'm dressed like a dog. He is. (laughs) (laughs) Just to put that that out there. There there is that. A six foot six person dressed as a dog eating dog treats. That's peak entertainment. Yeah. yeah, There's yeah. Close up shop. (laughs) I mean, we've been doing that and then companies, I mean, this is obviously company content. um, But one of the new things we've been doing is we've been doing a lot of 360 videos. So we, had you done anything in 360 before we got the camera? I had no idea 360 video was even possible mm-hmm. in a commercial standpoint. Um, but we got this fun little camera called the Insta360. And basically, the, the premise is you don't need to move the camera. You don't need to know what you're doing. You just point it and you're good because it records a 360 view of everything. And when you're ready, you can just put that on the computer and you can actually work the angles that you want put in yourself, basically just in editing. You don't have to move the camera, you don't have to get the angle beforehand. It's all done in editing. And people love it because they, have, they haven't seen it. <laughs> they ask us, what camera is this? How, do you, how are you doing this? Is, is this a drone? Because there's a feature that it turns a 360 video into like a little tiny planet that looks like you're walking around. And people were blown away by that. And they were commenting like, oh my God, how do I do this? It's like, hey, just buy the camera and just get a Moro and you can do it. I think my favorite question is always, what software, what app is that? All right. People think that we're doing this through an app, through like a third-party content creation app. Well, no, it's a, it's a Moro and a, and a, <laughs> and a video editing software. <laughs> yeah. And, and what that really says is that there are a lot of options out there. Because I know a big question from dog sitters and, and pet sitters in general is just like what kind of content should I be 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 posting? You know, as a as a solo sitter, as a small business, you know, what what kind of content should I be putting on blast? I think it's really important for people to get to know you. And so you could post a lot of those selfie kind of videos. Posting content to Instagram stories is always really good, but it really depends on your skill level and your comfort level. So the better content is going to come from you being more comfortable on camera. So just starting with simple like, hey, this is Fluffy and we're going for a walk today. He is a golden retriever and he loves to eat his milk bones. Starting with simple content like that. And then honestly, a a really important thing is just looking at content of other companies, whether it's in our industry or outside and seeing like, oh, I like that. Like one of the things I've always done for years is I have a massive list of saved videos on both Instagram and Facebook. And I break it down by ads, funny and cute. So I, anytime I do need inspiration, which luckily I have a Moro, so he is more <laughs> the creation side of it. But like, we spend a lot of time coming up with ideas. Like some of our meetings are just us sitting here for three to four hours looking at content, watching different videos and being like, how can we do this? What angle can we take with that? And, you know, if something seems a little silly or outside the box, try it because you don't know what will work. Like the one set of videos that did very well was a little series that we did called Kyle and Caleb Roommates. Um, It had its own Instagram account and um, it was basically like a dog odd couple. So I had two golden retrievers that we had adopted. 
Unfortunately, Kyle has since passed, but they had a very funny dynamic. Caleb is actually here sitting right behind me. Um, but we made a really funny series of videos where it was like, what, a minute long? And we shot it in my parents' basement. And what was the first video we did? It was... So the whole premise is uh, Kyle and Caleb are roommates. They live together. Kyle is a slob, but Caleb is neat and like very, you know, very... It's, it's, it's like you said, it's the odd couple, but with dogs. And we had all these scenarios where, where Kyle would do some terrible thing and Caleb will have to deal with it. The first one was called Where's My Lunch? And if you look at the first video that we did and the last video that we did, you see the quality increase again, because these were, we, we, we were doing this for what, five, six months? It was a long time. The first one, it was the simple, Caleb had some food in the fridge, Kyle ate it. And then the, the video is just the confrontation between Kyle and Caleb. It was like 45 seconds and it did really well. People loved it. I mean, we, we, we had sub, uh, subtitles on screen for what they were saying and this weird jazzy music in the background. And it was just simple. We set up a website. We started, you know, just making this video, these videos every week and we never missed a week. Yeah. We were doing weekly videos every Friday and people were actually looking forward to them to the point where we reached, what, 5,000, 6,000 followers on, on Instagram. This actually kind of ran way further and beyond what we expected. We had people from around the world. We had actually some incredibly heartwarming stuff was sent to us. There was a little girl from, I think, Scotland. She was 11. Scotland. And she drew this beautiful picture that I have framed in the office of my of Kyle and Caleb. Um, we had a lot of fan art that started popping up. Croatia was very big. There were, we had a lot of Croatian fans for some reason. You don't know how content reaches countries or how content reaches users. Uh, but we had Brazil, Argentina, Croatia, like all these people watching Two Goldens just, you know, basically live together. <laughs> and it, it was really, yeah. it was very simple. I will say, I, and I'm very biased as they were my dogs, but they do have a very cute, they did have a very cute dynamic on camera. <laughs> sure. But again, like that was something that by going and reaching beyond just like, all right, I don't want to, you know, because some people think, do I have to create content specific to, you know, my potential client or do I have to go for, you know, content that's going to engage my existing customers? I think it's really important to kind of do everything across the board. And this kind of content, which is honestly a little bit less robotic and kind of planned and it happens kind of organically, is creating fun content that people are going to laugh at. Because at the end of the day, if you can make something funny, it's going to be more engaging and people are going to want to see more of it. Um, we've, we've done stuff that didn't go great. I mean, we do try a lot. Like sometimes it's just like, hey, let's, let's shoot this and let's see what happens. But he is right. We've had a pretty good return on most of our content that we put out there. I also want to make a point. Not every, media, not, not every media content or video that you make has to be a promotional video. There is such a thing as just putting content out uh, as entertainment. Because if that, if that video, if that photo, if that meme or whatever becomes viral, it's going to somehow be you know, traced back to your company. and that's. That's some that's engagement that you weren't expecting, and that's engagement that you know you maybe couldn't have gotten if you did just you know promotional content. So just if you if you take yourself out of your comfort zone and you make video uh, video content or whatever kind of content that's funny and engaging, it doesn't necessarily have to be promotional for the company. Yeah, because I think too many times we can get really stuck in that of well, I need to be putting my name out there. I need to be 
marketing. I need to be doing these things. But you know, we as people, we like funny memes all the time. We laugh at videos. So if you don't know where to start, start with what you enjoy viewing and what you enjoy watching and, and looking across other content creators just to get some ideas and inspiration. And then do that. If you find it funny, if you find it informational, if you find it enjoyable, make it and put it out there. And you'd be surprised what the response is going to be coming back at you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that, that save tool on Instagram, definitely. You, if you're not using it, start using it for sure. Just if you're seeing something that's making you laugh, just drop it in there. And then when you need inspiration for funny content, just go back and look like, all right, that's a good idea. Or I could pull a little bit from here, pull a little bit from there. Um, and I definitely agree from the standpoint of you don't have to. Sometimes Moro has to push back on me with this because I'm very big on branding. I would put my logo on everything if they let me. <laughs> um, but subtlety actually can be very important. Um, you know, you don't want to overdo it. Because you know, because it seems desperate, and it's it's very very easy to see that when someone is being like, "Hey, you know, you don't want to be like the used car salesman. Nothing wrong with selling cars, but you don't want to be buy 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 now 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 now." It's really important to kind of have a good even distribution of the kinds of content you're putting out there. You mentioned branding there, and one of the things I know that a lot of people run into is kind of a namespace pollution and being able to differentiate themselves you know have have you run into that a little bit or, or how do you how would you approach that if someone's going you know somebody already has my name or my handle what do i do about that well I, again i started this about 10 years ago so it was around the time where it was before instagram existed it was before facebook had pages and all that stuff so i was lucky enough to be able to grab everything sometimes when it comes to naming a brand you actually, before you name the company, want to do a search online. So there's actually a great tool that we use because Moro and I are constantly creating um, all sorts of accounts for... We, we are constantly working on other projects outside the company. Um, there's a website, I think it's what, namechecker.com um, without the ER at the end. And what that does is you put in whatever the username is and it will see if it's on everything, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, Slack, Twitch, every possible social media platform and media platform, it'll check if that username is available. Um, so that's a great tool that we've always used to kind of check for things. But at the end of the day, shorter and more memorable, I think is best. Um, now, my actual name of the company is Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting. So there wasn't a ton of crazy creativity that went into this business <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> I, I knew two things. I had an ego and I wanted people to know what we did. So I put my name in front of our services. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but at the same time, from an SEO standpoint, it's actually been incredibly beneficial because what we do is in our name, it does result in us showing up higher in searches. Um, but when it comes to the whole thing of not being able to find a Username one, it's very important to have consistency. So, other than our bite account, I think all of our accounts are at Dan's Pet Care because um, you want to have it where it's not like, oh, it's at Dan's Dog Walking for Facebook, and then it's oh, it's at Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting for Twitter, and then it's oh, you want to have that continuity across all the platforms. But I think you know, before you name the company, it is often helpful to kind of use a tool like Name Checker to see what's out there and kind of. Try different things out. See what sounds good. Ask your friends. You could even put like again, use like your network as a as a tool for getting feedback. Hey, I'm starting this new business. 
And you could put a poll up on Facebook or put a poll up on Instagram and actually ask people for feedback. Like, hey, I'm thinking of calling this, you know, Dan's catwalking. Oh, well, you don't do that. Call it Dan's dog walking. Not the best example, but at the end of the day, you know, use the people around you as resources. You want to get feedback from people. And sometimes if you're stuck in a rut trying to figure out what to name something or what handle to get, it's good to kind of go outside yourself. I love that that resource that you gave, namechecker.com, is as just a one spot, one stop shop to see it's what's out there great. and and just you know and try different variations, different combinations of things. So maybe, you know, if you're already established and you already have been in the business for a while, using that to see what social media handles you may have to adapt and and grab onto and maybe preemptively grab too, in case you have these ideas floating around in your head. It's definitely a good move. I think um Anytime a new social media platform comes out, I think I try to grab as many variations of our name and other ideas that we have. I do the same thing with domain. I mean, domaining is obviously a whole different thing. Yeah. But anytime there's an idea, I try to snag every potential um, handle I can for that idea. So we've been talking a lot about just coming up with ideas and brainstorming those things. When it comes to capturing this, you know, you mentioned GoPro and, and, and Moro, maybe you can speak to some of this too, is you know, what kind of tools, you know, a lot of sitters just have a phone in their pocket. You know, what kind of apps should they be looking at? What kind of you know, cases, these kind of things could, they, could you recommend to maybe you know, help along with the actual production process? Well, nowadays, every phone has the capability to take great video and great photos. So it's really not about the equipment is what you do with it. There is such a, I mean, there are people shooting movies with iPhones out there now. <laughs> if someone can shoot a feature length movie, I'm pretty sure you can get a video of a dog running in the backyard for your social media account. Um, but going back to, to the apps, um, if you can really get familiar with either you know, photo editing apps. There are free photo editing apps out there. There are free video editing apps. There's iMovie. There's this great resource called, what is it, Canva? Yeah, Ca- Canva is fantastic. Yeah, uh, Canva is a, a post-template platform. Um, you can actually get uh, Instagram story templates. You can get uh, Instagram post templates, Facebook templates, LinkedIn templates, all these different uh, dimensions and you know, color palettes that it's fully customizable. You don't need to know a lot about design in order to create uh, just a beautiful either banner image or something with a cute dog on it. There's really so many free resources out there that if you do a simple Google search and actually try to seek those out, I promise you your content will get 50 times better in a matter of minutes. Just use those resources because they are out there. You don't need super expensive equipment or software to accomplish that. Or if you're in my shoes, if you find a Moro, <laughs> do not let him go. <laughs> Buy him whatever cameras he wants. Allow him to shoot whatever content he wants and just keep him happy. <laughs> but no, actually, one of the things that I've actually found to be a great resource in our industry is I've joined, I think, every possible Facebook group um, that's out there for pet sitters and dog walkers. And I use our you know, community as a resource, you know, I ask for advice constantly on like, Hey, what do you do for this? Or what do you do for that? Um, I think if you're, you know, a solo person, or you're just starting out, you got a couple of employees, and you don't know what to look for, you don't know what, you know, apps to use, ask people, you know, you're not competing with somebody in Florida, if you're up here in New York, there's plenty of people who are more than happy to give feedback and more than happy to give you suggestions. There are a lot of great people out there and building that network 
of people, you know, professional pet sitters, dog walkers, and people in our industry, you know, it's, you're all going to be like-minded people doing similar things. And it's always great to kind of get some feedback from them on what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them too. That's always, it's good to know what doesn't work too. Right. Yeah. And while you're using that save feature on Instagram, if you continually like very similar kind of content, reach out to that person and say, Hey, you take amazing photos. What are you editing them in? You know, and, and to, to get a little bit more information in that, because there is so much out there. And, and, and Moro, you know, you mentioned uh, Canva and all those things. Like, there's, there are very easy, simple steps and simple ways to get involved in this. It's really not as complicated as it looks from the outside. It's also extremely inexpensive. You already have the phone. You already have the equipment to capture the content. It's just a matter of doing it. I, I will say now compared to 10 years ago when I first started, I, even 10 years ago, I was lucky. I have a lot of friends who do film production and stuff like that. One of my closest friends, um, his video editing was fantastic. I was just wildly cringy. But for what we did back then, we had to have like a large camera that was brought. We needed a lot of lighting equipment. We needed mics. We needed all this stuff. You couldn't record this stuff on a phone. Like what we have available to us today is a world of difference from what it was 10 years ago. And you really got to take advantage of it. And like, honestly, the best thing people can do is stop overthinking it. Mm. Just get out there and do stuff, put content out and just go, 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 go. Now on that note, you know, I'm curious. I mean, you guys have a pretty considerable following on almost every social media platform out there. And, and how did you grow that community? (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, a lot of trial and error. Again, a lot of the things I do is, you know, I'm a big believer in the whole build, measure, learn thing. You know, you try something, if it works, keep going. If that doesn't work, try something new. I mean, in the beginning, I think I went and I followed like every account. Well, actually, one of the things that we've done for Instagram is we follow all the local businesses. We follow all local pet owners, you know, trying different things, running different ads. Um, we've also been very lucky to have a couple of pieces of content get a, a pretty decent exposure. We had um, one video uh, called Tennis Balls for Everything that I think collectively got, what was it, like 20 20 or 30 million, 17 million. Um, That went pretty viral. Um, But it's, it's really been a lot of just trying a lot of different things and engage, engage, engage. You got to respond to people, comment on people's stuff. I'm sure a lot of you out there are big fans of uh, Gary V Um, his whole two cents idea where you basically, you pick 10 hashtags and then you write, 10 comments on 10 posts for each one of those hashtags. And you do that every day. It takes you like 15 minutes. Don't automate it. Write genuine content, like genuine feedback for the content that's out there. People are going to respond to it. Because I know how excited I got when I first started. And I was like, oh my God, people are actually like, they like what we're doing. Other people feel that same way. So respond to the people that are commenting on your posts. Make sure you're constantly turning stuff out. And consistency is also another huge part of it. One of the reasons I think our Kyle and Caleb series did so well was every Friday, people knew that they were going to get a new episode. And at 11 a.m. And people people would message us like, oh, what, what time's the video coming out? And it actually got to the point where I had family members and friends texting me like, hey, when's the new video coming out? And I was like, wait, <laughs> I didn't know you watched this. <laughs> so the consistency, trial and error, and really you got to just 
do research, you know, look into people who are very successful on social media, guys like, you know, Gary V, um, who are some other big people? Gary V. Honestly, Honestly, if you follow at the end of the day, if if you want to really learn how to do this, consume a lot of Gary V content. Um, but look at all these different accounts out there that you see. Look at what is working. Moro, I think, is gonna have some good I'm ideas raising my on this hand. front. <laughs> uh, if, you're, if you're just starting out, uh, I think it's a great idea in terms of how to scale your online presence. Start local. Like you said, start with local businesses, get involved with, uh, in this case, shelters, get involved with vets, get involved with pet stores. Everything, the local business supporting local business dynamic is so big when you're starting out because one, you're getting online exposure from local businesses and two, you're getting exposure to potential clients because you're not exposing your content to someone from Nebraska like you would if you're, if you're doing hashtag surfing you are exposing your content to someone who could become a potential client. So I think that's a great way to start. Actually have one more thing um, for Instagram specifically going and searching images that are posted locally on Instagram, liking and engaging with that content. One of the biggest things that I used to do, I used to sit up every night to like two in the morning on Instagram, liking every single picture of every single dog in every one of our service areas, accounts that, and that's another thing I think a lot of people feel a little bit weird about, like liking random accounts and, you know, engaging with people they don't know. It doesn't matter. Don't, like, do not overthink it. Cause at the end of the day, you're not being a creep. You're saying how cute someone's dog is. Like in our industry, it is pretty great. Cause it's, it's pretty acceptable to go up to a stranger and talk to them about their dog, but just randomly walking to someone and being like, Oh, your kid's really cute. That's a little bit, you know, I wouldn't be going up to every stranger and telling everyone how adorable, like, hey, can I pet your kid? Yeah. That doesn't go over as well as you would think. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, when you could bond over an animal and it's, you know, pets, you, you, people get very comfortable very quickly. And I think it's a very good way to kind of engage with, with local communities. And then they go and look at your account. They start seeing what you do. And you never know what's going to turn into a potential client. Yeah, it's that. Th- that local thing and, and if nobody if you haven't been doing the going onto instagram and searching for the local the near you posts like that that is really a game changer because when you start engaging with people locally and posting content and following other business owners they'll start sharing things that they find funny and you know really starting to build that community and getting plugged in with those people is just is just really invaluable <laughs> Have you heard about Time to Pet? Claire from Acton Critter Sitters has this to say. Time to Pet has honestly revolutionized how we do business. My sitters can work much more independently because they have ongoing access to customer and pet information without relying on me. I save hours upon hours of administrative time on billing, processing payments, and generating paychecks. If you are looking for a new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. I actually want to throw a freebie idea out there to everybody that we're actually going to be trying. We're going to be going and looking for all of the pet-friendly businesses and doing a you know pet-friendly business of the week feature where we go out and we interview the business owner, some of the employees talking about you know, going and asking questions, you know, why do you think it's important to have a pet friendly business? How long have you been doing it? Can we meet your dog? Doing that, what you do. And again, you don't need a Moro. It's nice to have one, but 
there are great video editing apps. Once you just get the content, edit it, you could literally shoot all of this on your phone. You could set up like with a little tripod. There's tons of great cheap stuff you can get on Amazon. Edit a little video and then send that video back to them and have, so if possible, have some co-branding with their logo and your logo. And then they're going to share that with their clientele. You share it with them because you're not asking them for anything. You're saying, hey, I'm a dog walking company. I'm a pet sitting company. I would love to share you, you know, share your business's story about, you know, why you're pet friendly with the community. We actually just started this with, um, there's a great organization called Spectrum Designs and they work with um, autistic adults, helping them, you know, get into the workforce. And they actually create a ton of jobs over there. They do um, t-shirt printing. They do, they have laundry that they do. They do, they have a bakery and it was great. Moro and I went and did a tour over there uh, earlier this week. We just got our whole order of shirts and sweatshirts printed for the year. And um, it was amazing. Like it, we got to have a great tour. The staff there were so excited about what they're doing. And, you know, for us, it's they're right down the street from us. So it was really nice to be able to find a business that we genuinely love their mission and what they're doing, give them exposure and kind of spread the word of what they're doing. Like, we're not even trying to get anything out of it. We just want other people to know that they exist. And I think at the end of the day, when it comes to stuff like that, it is important to have that passion about what you're doing and wanting to share things with the community and wanting to be a, a positive member of you know, the local community. You just can't get any better than that whenever you find something that's genuinely interesting and you go, I, I need to tell more people about this and using your platform and using the people that follow you to spread that word because that, that gets back to when you're trying to figure out what kind of content to produce, remembering it's not all about marketing and promotional. It's, it's education, it's outreach, it's helping other people get connected and letting them know of other amazing services and businesses that are in the area too. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think, you know, you're not going to love everything you do, but you should yeah. be excited about, you know, make sure you, you find one or two things every day that kind of get you excited in terms of what you're doing with work. When we talk about social media, we've, we've talked a lot about the content and coming up with ideas. We've talked a little bit about production apps and equipment as far as like it's in your pocket, just go out and experiment. As far as, as, far as platforms go, what platforms do you think can find that work best for, for pet sitters to be on and where they should be spending the, the majority of their time? Well, for starters, number one, I'd say is Instagram. Definitely Facebook. Instagram, I think Facebook has it's matured a little bit in terms of it being as a platform. I think Instagram still has some growth to it. Um, there's a lot of great tools that you could use through Instagram, like we were talking about with the local engagement. But there's also new account, new platforms coming out. You know, I'm sure everyone's heard about TikTok. We're on TikTok. We don't have a ton of content on there. Um, obviously, YouTube is good. Um, that's better for long form content. If you want to make some longer videos talking about your business, doing testimonials and things like that. We um, we recently got our account on Byte, which Moro was actually a um, a beta tester for. Um, Byte is a new platform that was created by the creator of Vine. Uh, Moro could talk a little bit more about that. Well, it's just Vine. That's <laughs> <laughs> Vine resurrected, like resurrected. That's it. Uh, what I was going to say is uh, Google is very underrated in the platform uh, myriad uh, because, yeah, everyone goes to Facebook. Yeah, everyone has an Instagram. Yeah, Twitter might be in there. But if you register your business with Google My Business, there's so much that you can get done 
on Google itself. Because when you Google a company and I don't see that knowledge panel on the side, you're not mm. a real company. Mm. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way I see it. If you are a business and you don't come up on Google, you don't exist. It's that simple. You could also go on Bing if, if, you're, <laughs> if you're feeling lucky. Um, he's definitely right, though. Uh, you know, making sure that you do... This stuff can be very time-consuming. And as you are growing a business, it can really start to become a big amount of work that you're putting into it. Like I'm currently lucky enough where we've grown to the point where I've got a team of people. So Moro and I really focus on this. We've got a management team. We've got field managers out doing things. But being able to really... You got to make sure you set the time aside to make sure you've got content on all these different platforms. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to do it consistently. Oh, if you want to manage it easy or easier, um, Hootsuite is a great platform out there. I think they have a free, uh, they have a free version of it, but it, it makes it a lot easier to distribute content. And also, you don't have to create different content for every single platform. Um, not to go constantly back to Gary V, but he's got. If you look for it, it's. Um, it's I can't remember the name of it, but he basically teaches you how to take one piece of content and turn it into 60. And it's important to recognize the formatting on how you split up your content. Because I know the content we put on Byte will pop onto TikTok, we'll throw up on our Instagram stories. And just you could reuse the content across all the platforms and Hootsuite makes distributing all that so much easier instead of having to post on 15 different things every day. It can be very overwhelming when you start thinking of, oh, I have to come up with something for Instagram, for Facebook, for TikTok, for YouTube, for Byte, for Google, for Bing. It's it's no, no, no. Yeah. You, you take one or two things and then you repurpose them and then yes. you, subdiv- you subdivide and you and you reuse them across that. And it, it, that just makes it a lot less daunting and continue, you know, the whole point of, of, of our discussion that I'm hoping people are hearing is we're trying to push that barrier to entry down as low as possible and, and to just start doing it and and that the, the it's it's really easy to get into. I, yeah, I think it's really important for people to know. Like, if you feel like you have no idea what you're doing, that's how most of us started. We are still figuring out how to do these things, and we still have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. We're still figuring out a lot of this stuff. Ten years later. Yeah, it's it's definitely important because when you think you know what you're doing, that's kind of when you're not in a good spot. It's when mm-hmm. you're constantly trying to figuring new things out. You're never to be creating stale content. You always want to be trying new things because that's how you're going to continue to grow and evolve. Because marketing that was done, you know, 30 years ago is very different than how it's being done now. You got to make sure you're evolving with the platforms and all that stuff. Also, that state of you not knowing what you're doing is probably the best state for you to be in because that's how we found Hootsuite. Yeah. <laughs> we said, is there a way for us to post? this one photo on five different platforms at the same time, which at the, at the time seemed crazy. We didn't know it was actually possible to do that, but we found Hootsuite and I, it, it literally cut my time posting things by five. Oh like, yeah. I, I post, I have things. He has too much free time now March. because of it. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> he just scheduled the next two months, two months of uh, content. I'm like, great. We got a lot more we can do. Yeah. Moro, you're shooting yourself in the foot here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think another really, really important thing that people need to do is get comfortable just Googling stuff. 
if you're like, oh, I don't know what to search for, literally type the thought you have in your head into that little search bar. And chances are there are a ton of other people who've had the exact same question. You're going to find the things that you're looking for. It'll take a little bit of time, but it is a very important skill is just to really sharpen that Googling skill. <laughs> Google is your best friend. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, it's, there are a ton of resources out there. And yeah, just simple Google search just digs up so much just to start with. Oh, for sure. Now, you mentioned it a couple times as far as just posting consistently. But you know, there, there is that question that comes up of like, well, how often is consistently? Is it, is it a couple times a day? You know, I'm thinking dog, you know, solar dog walker, that kind of stuff out there. You know, are there better or worse times to be posting? Those kind of things. I, I, I see those kind of questions bubble up an awful lot. So in terms of consistency, you do want to be posting every day. And I'm, I'm going to use Instagram as an example. You want to get a morning post, a noon or early afternoon post, and an early evening post. Those are, that's the time window that's going to get the most engagement. In the morning, people are waking up, just going into work. Maybe they check social media. Boom, they see your content. Uh, noon or early afternoon, they're at lunch. They see your content. Then on their way back from work, 5 o'clock, they see your content, and you're always there. You're always going to be posting at the time that people are on social media. And also, you want to split it up where you're doing posts, actual posts on Facebook and Instagram, and doing stories. Because stories stay up for 24 hours and then they go away. People can catch up on them either at the end of the day or maybe the next day that they missed it. And it's always great to have that sort of consistency at, every, at each time of day. You can post every hour. That's not bad. You can post every two hours. But it's always great to have at least three or four posts just scattered throughout the day. So you have either different people looking at your content or the same people while they're free. You, you always want to catch them while they're on social media. Also on that front, um, the more consistently you are posting, the more people are going to see and look at your content, especially the story. The more times you are looking, somebody is looking at your story, the, more, the higher you're going to show up in their feed. So if I am looking at somebody's content two or three days in a row, Every time they are posting, that's getting pushed to the top of my feed. And when you start doing, like we've actually seen that we've been posting more consistently with our stories and our our numbers and our uh, the number of people going to our actual profile page has doubled in the past what like week. Also, another thing back to the whole build, measure, learn thing: making sure that you are taking advantage of the insights on all these platforms. And if you don't know what this stuff means. Go back to our old friend Google and just say, you know, what do the insights on Instagram mean? But there's a lot of great data about your audience, about the activity, about the times of day people are active. Because once you see that, you could double down on the times that are working and you could see, all right, it doesn't make sense for me to post at nine, but most of my fans are on at 11. So like what works for us might not necessarily work for you. But at the, at the end of the day, if you can look at the data and actually see, all right, this is what makes sense and when it makes sense for me to post, or this is the kind of content that people are engaging with more, you know, build off of that and double down on the things that are working and eliminate the things that aren't. Yeah, it's that that data side that gets left out of the discussion a lot of it's like, how do you know when to post? Well, look at the data and see when the best times are to post for you. And then go from there and double down on those times and make sure that you're really hitting those with great content and great photos and, and stories, like you mentioned too, that that um, you know we've been learning about stories and, and trying to utilize those the best we can, and that's a that's 
kind of a game changer when you think of well that stays up for four, you know for 24 hours and can get a lot of engagement yeah there is um there there's just so much that you can do on these platforms it's it's absolutely amazing just seeing how this has all evolved to over the last decade from like all right uh, do i need a website to hey do we post on instagram youtube and everything today it's it's yeah. like a world of difference like i had to have somebody tell me i needed a website when i first started yeah, and that hasn't even come up in this conversation because it's just assumed you have one, right? We and, do, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just for the the general sitter and the general business owner of, of, well, obviously you have a website. Now we're talking about these other things above and beyond that. So there are things to consider and, and make sure you have a website, obviously, and, and that you are putting content there too. I know when you're talking about posting morning, noon, evening, and do these times. That can sound a little overwhelming, but as you mentioned, you started off this conversation, Dan, with of you know we're around cute dogs all the time, so we have the best we have the best content there. Yeah, it's all around you now. Is there any sort of legal things that they need to be aware of of posting clients' dogs, release forms, those kind of things before you put someone else's dog on or you know, pet on social media? I would say I am not a lawyer. Um, so anything <laughs> I am saying is not legal advice. Um, I do think just one, and in all seriousness, as a business owner, it is important to have some good legal resources, whether it's a family friend or somebody you could bounce things off of. Um, we do try to build a lot of these things into our contracts. Um, we have a lot of major legal stipulations that pertain to how our staff can photograph and what they can photograph what they can post, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we obviously want to get the best content, but protecting the security and well-being of our clients and their pets and their homes, safety is the number one priority for us. So making sure that there's nothing that would, you know, allude to a specific person being away, nothing, you know, pertaining to things inside people's homes. We want to be, you know, because people are entrusting us with not only the safety and well-being of the pets, but the security of their homes as well. So it is important to be mindful of what you are posting, what kind of content you are taking, and clearing it with your clients if need be. Again, speak to your lawyer. It depends on the state. It depends on all sorts of different things. But it's important to make sure that you know you clear it with your clients. A lot of the times, if we're ever going to be filming things in clients' homes, we clear that with them first. Um, but they know that Honestly, a lot of the times clients are so excited when they see their pets on Instagram because now that Instagram has become so popular, there are a lot of pets that have their own Instagram accounts. We actually have some dogs that we take care of that have even bigger followings than we do. Um, I think <laughs> one of the biggest is like 20,000 followers. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Like I'll look at their content and they'll, they'll post a video, uh, a picture. And then within an hour, it's got like 1,500 to 2,000 likes. I'm just like, you know, that's, that's the beauty of our industry though, because you know, what do people love on the internet? It's puppies and kittens. We're around them all day long. So anybody out there who thinks that they don't have content, look right in front of you because yeah, it's cute and it's covered in hair and it's probably leaning up against you. Right. <laughs> it's, it's definitely right there for you, for the taking for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and again, it's the it's if you don't know what to post, again, look down around your knees because there's a cute dog or cat there yeah. that's that's just adorable that you are gonna want to share with other people. And just a simple photo and you, you know, you might not even have to do a whole much whole bunch of editing or overlays or layers or or text on top of it. Just 
the cute photo of the dog just you know those you see those kind of pictures all the time with hundreds of thousands of likes on them and so it's, yeah yeah it's, it's pretty pretty easy the the simple things with that is just make sure it's a clear picture it's not blurry and you know make sure it's a nice focus on the pet like one of the places we actually pull a lot of content from is we have we do a lot of our communicating through GroupMate, and we have a main company chat where every day the the team is just posting pictures 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 so once a month, we actually go through, we dump all those images and we filter through them. And we, that's part of the content that we put up for our images is we just pull content from the staff because you know they're the ones who are out there with the dogs all day long. So if you guys out there do have staff and you are worried, oh, I'm going to run out of content, tell your employees to start sending pictures because if they say they don't have pictures, they're lying because they're all posting on their Instagram and their Instagram <laughs> stories. Um, we actually recently, um, we've had it where we tell all the staff, hey, tag us in your, your story posts and we'll reshare it because it's a great way for you know them to get their content shared. And it's a great way, depending on what the company is comfortable with. I mean, we have very strict and clear non-competes and all that stuff. So the company and the staff are protected. But it is. There's just so many great ways you can share content, curate content, and create content. A little earlier, you had mentioned started to go into a conversation about algorithms. About the more people interact with your content, the more likely they are to see your content the next time you post. And and that's a, a big complaint that I hear of. Oh, the algorithms never show my content to anybody. How have you guys? dealt with those or combat those or, or work with them. I, I don't really know how to, phrase, how to phrase that some some days, but you know, because those seem to be ever changing. And so, they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, anyone who's blaming an algorithm for their content, not getting any likes or engagement, chances are they're not posting enough. That's, that's one of the biggest things is posting consistently. And obviously you don't want to post every 30 minutes. People aren't going to love that. But it's really, really important to continuously post because, again, like we were saying, people will, the more people engage, the more people will see. But it's also important to educate yourself. Look for what are the hashtags pertaining to my industry that are going to get the most eyeballs on it? What are the style of video that gets the most engagement? I know one of the things that we did was um, Moro learned a ton about YouTube. And, you know, it's about the length of the video sometimes. It's about what you're saying in the video. For Instagram and Facebook, it's about the hashtags you're using, geotags. You got to really make sure you're educating yourself on getting yourself to get better exposure. But I think one of the best things is consistency and just making sure you're constantly churning out content. Um, I know Moro had something he wanted to add to this as well. So in Instagram, hashtags are, you know, you live or die by hashtags. If you're complaining about the algorithm, chances are you're not using the right hashtags or the right location. So say you're, so we're in Nassau County uh, in Long Island, New York. <laughs> Keep going, <laughs> bigger and bigger. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we actually uh, say we take a picture of a dog that's from right here, from Port Washington. That location is going to get posted. We're going to tag it as this picture is from Port Washington. And then the hashtags, I actually use a resource called uh, Top Hashtags. Uh, the website's top-hashtags.com, I believe. And you type in basically one hashtag or one topic for a hashtag, and it gives you the top 100 related hashtag. And a top hashtag means that a lot of posts are going to the hashtag. That could, 
you know, be good and bad because you could have your content be, you know, there's a lot of posting going on. So your content could get be brought down the list. And also you're, you have, you're competing against a lot of other posts. So what I do when a lot of the hashtags, I tag uh, local uh, location, Port Washington, Nassau County, Long Island, dogs, there's Long Island, dogs, Port Washington, all of that. And make sure that you're posting different hashtags, um, say every week you're doing different hashtags, different locations, and just keeping that sort of versatility with the post will definitely get you hiring it. Yeah. I, on that front too, there's a lot of apps out there that'll say like, you know, best hashtags to get you a hundred thousand likes and all that stuff. A lot of those apps are using very generic hashtags. You want to steer clear of those. Cause like Maura was saying, it's, it's going to kind of get drowned out with the rest of the noise. Um, but again, if you want to kind of beat the algorithm, going back to clicking through those hashtags and liking those images, commenting on those images, engaging with the content that you want people to be engaging with and going back and forth, even if it's not your direct customer base, the more engagement you get, the higher you're going to show up in a lot of different rankings and things like that. So the more engagement you get overall, the better. So you go engage, people are going to look at your content and please, please, please do not go out there and automate the auto posting thing. Like, Hey, love your dog. Super cute. You should follow us. It doesn't work. People hate it. When you post something and you get a comment two seconds afterwards with like four lines saying, oh, cute dog, blah, 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 and a bunch of emojis, that's that's a bot. That's a robot doing it. Don't do it because you will get reported and it's it's nobody is going to actually engage with that kind of response. So be authentic, be genuine, and take the extra couple of minutes to write things and, you know, put some thought into what you're doing. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, take a couple of extra minutes and doing this kind of engagement. How much time commitment should an individual <laughs> c- consider as, as, oh boy. as, as we'll say, <laughs> okay, until we hire a Moro, uh, <laughs> as an, you know, maybe they're a, a sole proprietor or just a handful of, of individuals, you know, what, what would you say is uh, maybe a goal time or a healthy amount of time to be spent uh, throughout the day? I think that depends on whether or not somebody wants to be successful or not. Um, I'm a big believer in eating, breathing, and sleeping what you do. Um, it is not the most healthy approach. I've been forced to create a little bit of more work-life balance in my life recently. But in the beginning, I was pretty unrelenting. I I was constantly on these things. I was always inviting people to like my page, sharing my content, you know, tagging this, tagging that. But there are definitely, once you kind of get into a flow of it, like I know every day, Moro is looking through our Hootsuite feeds and seeing, you know, who is commenting on our Instagram, who's commenting on this. And we've gotten to a much better process. How many hours do you think we're spending collectively between the two of us a week? Uh, I could say a day. Uh, Healthy? (laughs) (laughs) I I would say if you plan it, if you wing it, you're going to be on your phone for 10 hours a day. If you plan it, uh, you could be spending two to three hours a day. And that's, yes. That's high. No, 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 no. If you're, if you're starting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But if you're planning your content, if you, are, uh, if you know to a degree what you're doing and what you're going to be posting, it shouldn't long around. Like it's very, it, it gets to the point where it's muscle memory. And also, uh, you know, when it comes to that stuff, this isn't necessarily always sitting at a desk and doing this. Like, 
sometimes I'll be at the gym and I'll be like on the elliptical and I will go and I'll follow and engage with accounts. And if I'm in the bathroom, which everyone goes to the bathroom, <laughs> that's great time to take advantage of, um, you know, put in some putty, like if the whole, um, two cents thing with, uh, that Gary V talks about for two months, that's what I would do. I put in my 10 minutes. I'd like I'd comment. And we saw engagement go through the roof. It's, it's really about kind of finding your groove and taking advantage of, you know, if you're taking, if you're in a city and you're taking a subway somewhere, you're taking public transportation, or you got 10 minutes before you're going into a client's house, go through your Instagram feed, see what people are doing, go through your Facebook, like take advantage of downtime. Like fa- the fact that we have these magical little machines that we carry with us everywhere that have access to the collective knowledge of humanity means that you have zero excuse to not get this stuff done on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and Moral mentioned, you know, planning, a lot of people, yes. <laughs> that, that, gets, that gets kind of lost in the shuffle there of, well, I just wake up and I kind of go through the days, but, you know, spending a Saturday or a Sunday to plan out times that you may have open for the coming week, begin thinking about what kind of content you want to produce, what clients are going to be involved in that week to just get some of those penciled in so that you're not waking up in the morning going, Oh no, what a uh, crap. You know, what am I going to be doing today? That, that can really remove a lot of that burden too. Before Moro starts, I do want to say it is okay when those days happen. So don't beat yourself up over it. If you do sit down and go to start something and you're like, I've got nothing, take the day and just give yourself a little bit of breathing room. You're going to thank yourself in the long run. Uh, here's a crazy idea for everyone that you know thinks that they don't have content to post. If you are walking, say, what's a reasonable number? Ten dogs a day. That's ten photos of ten different dogs. You're not going to post those ten photos that day. Keep a backlog. Save everything that you have. Save uh, every photo that you take, every video that you take, because we have used videos from last year to make promo ads from last summer. We repurpose everything. I have a folder that's like 18 gigabytes of just dog photos and it's just sitting in my computer. And I, when I don't have anything to post, I fall back on that folder and there it is. Great just content just sitting out there for me. It's also nice to go back and look at some of the more... Um dated content that we've created. I think we do, you know, we do our throwback posts every couple of weeks of like, you know, I think we've even found my old marketing materials, all the the old free t-shirts I got from like Vistaprint when I first started um, posting that kind of stuff, like anything pertaining to your business or animals or anything like that, keep it organized. And I think also along the side of planning, organizing. Google Drive should be your best friend. We, I think we have like a terabyte plan or something like that, where we just have just (laughs) gigabytes. and Yeah. (laughs) And that's the other thing. It's not crazy expensive. I think the terabyte is $5 a month. Um, And we just dump everything in there. We take the content the staff gives us. We take content we've created ourselves, raw footage. And because you never know when you're going to use something. Like we, when Byte came out, we repurpose some of our tennis ball video stuff. Um, there's all sorts of great stuff that you can redo. But another thing that's very important, which we are learning now, is you have to um, really catalog things well. We're actually <laughs> going to be looking into bringing on an intern to help us cataloging our probably hundreds of thousands of pieces of content that we've created over the past five years. Because once you kind of have that broken up into dogs, cats, breeds, times a day, 
seasons, funny, silly, happy, cute, it makes it a lot easier to kind of, oh, I need to post a funny video for this, or I need a, you know, a picture of a cute puppy because it's National Puppy Day tomorrow. Um, also, on that front, when it comes to planning, if you are stuck with what to post, there is a holiday for every single day of the year. Um, Several if you, holidays. Yeah. Um, I th- what's the name of it? What holiday is today? And yeah, there's nationaltoday.com which tells you what holiday it is. I actually started a website a long time ago that is barely active now, but I had an idea called, what was it? I did, um, it was, what was it? Pet related holidays. And what I was doing was I was creating content for, you know, pet people in the pet industry for every single holiday. Oh, check That's what it is. C H E C K I D A Y. And it gives you, there's a bunch of holidays today. And, Actually, today is Safety Pup Day. I don't know what that is, but it's kind of terrifying looking. Um, There's always something out there that you could talk about. There's tons of pet-related holidays, and you could always... And if you don't have content, if you don't have a picture of a dog with a shamrock for St. Patrick's Day, there are tons and tons and tons of great stock image websites out there that are not expensive. Um, Obviously, you want to be careful with stealing content you want to make sure that whatever you're doing is you know being respectful of the content creators and making sure that you're not breaking any sort of laws by repurposing content that might not be yours and if you are repurposing content always make sure you give credit to whoever the content creator was and if you don't have an answer for who it is just say hey shoot us a message we'll give you credit And that touches off uh, actually another question that I had um, because earlier you had mentioned a a practice of automating these posts that come on for hashtags. And you now mentioned a practice of illegally or, or maybe even not, not intentionally repurposing somebody else's photo. What other kind of practices out there are kind of, you know, a no, no that people should be avoiding that kind of, you know, just not tasteful or, or things along those lines. I would avoid buying likes, buying followers. Um, we tried it a long time ago. Uh, Instagram will clear it out. I did it when we were really trying to build it up. And it's, it's something that it's, it's a really, it's an ineffective way to get to where you want to be. Because at the end of the day, the purpose of generating this content and getting exposure from our business standpoint is we want clients. And getting a bunch of fake accounts that you bought from Indonesia is not going to convert to paid leads at the end of the day. So while it could be cool from like, you know, like, oh my God, look at how many followers they have. It, it doesn't pay off in the long run. It's, it's a really short-sighted way of doing things. And it's not something that is going to help pay the bills. And um, it's, it, the platforms have really picked up on it <laughs> pretty well in the past few years. I know Justin Bieber had a dip of like two or three million last year. Um, and some of that, you know, I don't know if he bought it or not, but a lot, there's a lot of bots out there. Um, so you just got to be mindful of that and, uh, don't be too spammy with, with content and you don't want to overdo it. But again, if it feels kind of like, ah, should I do this? Listen to your gut. Yeah. Cause as you mentioned, people can tell when you're doing that and oh, it, yeah. it really, it really is very obvious. Yeah. You're not tricking anybody. Like if you go from a hundred followers to 30,000 followers overnight, um, People are going to figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah. 
unless like Ellen posted about you or something like that. Shout out to Ellen. If you want to post about us, if you're listening to this podcast, shout out to Ellen. Remember to tag her whenever. Yes. Tag Ellen in this, please. <laughs> looking ahead to the, to the future. Cause we've, we've spent some time thinking about how far we've come over the past 10 years or plus. What kind of things are you guys excited about or opportunities that you see coming up as for, for social media and, and, and things moving forward? Honestly, the thing that I find the most exciting about this is I have no idea what's coming. I think we are just at the beginning of a huge technological boom. The change in camera equipment, the change in cell phones, the way that we are interacting has changed in a way that we have never seen before. You know, the, the, the growth of technology in the past 20 years is unlike anything in human history. And the next 20 years, I'm sure podcasts are going to be coming from someone's brain and we're going to be just thinking our thoughts out there. And I think that the more the technology changes and improves, the better opportunities there are going to be for business owners, for people who want to share their ideas and stuff like that. But um, I'm just excited to make a bunch of fun videos, hang out with dogs, and build this business into a massive, massive, massive behemoth of a company. To put it moderately. (laughs) Yeah, 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 it comes across. (laughs) Uh, Mauro, did did you have anything that that you're kind of excited about? You know, when you look in the the tech field or anything like that, that you, or, you know, or, or new tools that are on the horizon, that kind of stuff? Well, most platforms now are moving towards the monetization of, of content for creators. So basically what that means, you'd be making money off of the content that you're creating. So YouTube is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about YouTube and AdSense and ad money and how they calculate that. But we are trying to reach that threshold to become monetized on YouTube. That's the whole point of these dog, dog walkers try videos. Because at the end of the day, if you can make money off of these videos, do it because that's another source of revenue for your company. And that's, that's revenue for you that you wouldn't think of even making any other way. So uh, it, it's great because uh, we talked about this new platform, Byte, and they're coming out with uh, a program to compensate creators just in-house because there is uh, a lot of controversy with creators complaining about, hey, you are throwing ads between our content, but we're not seeing a dime off of that. But when platforms are transparent about compensating creators, I'm very excited about that because then these creators can either make a living out of it or they can have some extra money in their pocket. So that transparency is what makes me excited with these platforms. And on top of that, once you create the content and it's out there, it's just churning and it's generating your income. So if you create some great pieces of content, like you guys really should go check out Moro's stuff. Uh, Was it Moro.mp4 and then at Moro at Byte? He's a funny guy. Um, he is definitely the funny out of the two of us. Um, but there's a lot of great opportunities out there for creators. And I think that um, it's going to be really cool, especially watching this guy for the next couple of years when he kind of eclipses all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Blushing over here. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we don't do video. Um, <laughs> I've been the only one doing video this whole time. I've just been staring at myself. 
Sorry, Dan. <laughs> um, Dan Morrow, I, I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and, and talking to us about this. You know, from the content production platforms and that kind of underlying, you know, build, measure, learn as you go, and just getting started. And the encouragement that you've given to to not to listeners and to myself as well to to start doing something and using what you have on hand. But I know we've only. You know, there's, there's so much more out there. How can people reach out to you guys, ask questions, and get connected and, and, and follow along with the, the great stuff you guys are doing? So our website, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at Dan's Pet Care. Um, if you look up Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting on Facebook, you'll find us. If you want to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just Daniel Reitman. Moro is... Moro.mp4 on Instagram. Contact us. Please feel free to reach out to us directly through our Instagram. The only people who are on the Dance Pet Care Instagram are Moro and I. So if you have a question for either of us, please feel free to message us on there. If you want to DM us on our personal ones, we'd be more than happy to field any questions you might have. Um, you know, everybody starts somewhere. And one of the things that I actually love about having built a moderately successful business is I like to be able to share the things that I've learned with the people who are trying to do the same thing I did. And if I can help any of you in any way make it a little bit easier, I am more than happy to. And I'm sure that Moro would be happy to uh, drop his two cents in there as well. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure and a real joy and a lot of fun, you guys. Thank you so much. Colin, thank, thank you. you so much for having us on. This was fun. Social media can be a big, scary world, but it doesn't have to be. I hope that what you've taken away from today's conversation with Dan and Moro is that there are little inexpensive things that we can all do to up our social media game from simple pictures to using Canva can all help us increase engagement and help educate those who are potential clients. I did want to mention that since recording this episode with Dan tomorrow, they have actually launched their own podcast. Check out Let's Talk About Animals wherever you're listening to this right now. And I'll include links to that and everything that we've discussed in the show in the show notes. You can find us at Petsitter Confessional on Facebook and Instagram. You can also check us out on PetsitterConfessional.com to look at all of our past episodes as well as sign up for our weekly newsletter. Megan and I really want to thank you for taking your time out of your busy week to listen to us. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Time to Pet, for making this show possible. We ask every week because we just love hearing from you. If you've got tips or tricks, wonderful stories, or just want to share what you've learned while being a pet sitter, let us know. Hit us up on social media, our website, email, or give us a call. 